0: The red end of the spectrum, so if you think of a rainbow, you have all those different colors you see. The red end of the light spectrum actually has really unique biological properties that increase metabolism. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way.
1: I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturate, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skin care. And today I've got Brian Thomas back on the podcast from Performance Neuro. Enjoyed our last podcast so much. Um, We did it all about sleep. So I highly recommend if you're someone who struggles with sleep, which is a lot of women, I think, go back and listen to that podcast. Follow him on Instagram. He does lots of great educational uh, posts. And he's just a really nice guy. Thank Welcome you. back. <laughs> that was a fun podcast. I'm glad we did that. Yeah. yeah. So I'll skip the bit where you tell us all about yourself and what you've done. So people go back to that podcast. You can listen to... um Uh, like Brian and you know all about his business and like I said go and follow him on Instagram but I thought I'd get him on to again today to talk about red light because he had a lot of questions about red light and he's done a quite a few posts and I think you've got a you got like a membership site or a program or something can I notice you said you released like a module or something in there
0: yeah so I have a weekly membership group where I meet with people once a week over zoom and Walk people basically from start to random stuff. We start talking yeah. about neurology and movement and breath work and red light, and we get into all sorts of different topics. But basically, taking people through what I envision as all the things I wish somebody told me when I first started trying to get healthy. Yeah, so yeah, we get yeah. pretty off in the weeds because I've done a lot of random
1: classes over the years and learned quite a few unique things, and now it's my time to share it with
0: everybody. So yeah.
1: And I really, because I think, you know, like, look, we're going to talk about red light today. And I think, like, you have to look at everything, I think, you know, like some people will be like, oh, look, if you're not, if your diet's not great and you're totally stressed out all the time and you think that red light's going to be the magic thing that's going to fix all your issues. It's not. I think obviously you want to have the foundations you know, down pat first, but I really think, you know, once you've got the foundations down pat, like all these little extra things that we've added in, like the red light, the breath work is something that I do. You know, I think I've talked about another podcast, how my brain's a bit manic and I get to the end of the day and I'm like, hey, kitty, you just got to like calm your brain. And it really does help me. Like if I do 10 to 15 minutes in the red light, you know, wind down. The red light I found too really has helped the scarring, you know, and the healing when I had both of the breasts, like got the implants out and then had the lift really helped with the recovery and I was just telling Brian actually that we because we've got two big long red lights we've got red lights by our bed and we bought one for our face a red light face mask and we've been using it 15 minutes every night and I've really noticed a difference in my skin it's actually quite incredible like when I bought it I was looking at the before and afters on the on the website but Craig's the same and it's so relaxing and so easy to do you know but obviously, too, you know, can't be eating a dog shit diet and drinking a bottle of wine every night, and then think that the red light's going to make your skin nice. Like it needs to be the foundations of good nutrition and all the other stuff that we talk about, you know. Um, but I think you know these are the things that you can add on, that can add that have that. Anyway, you you can talk about that. So, what is maybe we should start with? What is red light and infrared light? Sure. So,
0: way I like to explain infrared light is that. Light is radiation. It's electromagnetic radiation. It just happens to be in a wavelength that we as humans can actually see. It fits into what's called the visible light spectrum. So if we were to look at it as a wave, you're going to have a what's called a wavelength, which is the distance from the peak of the wave to the other peak of the w- next wave. And so the distance is going to determine the frequency of radiation. So all that is to say... If you follow that wave and it gets longer and longer and longer, eventually it turns into things like ultraviolet light or it turns into things like infrared light, X-rays, gamma rays, depending on which end of the spectrum you go down. And so what's interesting to us as humans, and not a lot of species have the same benefit, even plant species for that matter, is that the red end of the spectrum, so if you think of a rainbow, you have all those different colors you see, the red end of the light spectrum actually has really unique biological properties that increase metabolism. And this isn't just in humans. This is in plants as well. And so a big part of our capacity to interact with our environment is actually built around light. It's actually built around natural light that's part of the sun. It's part of our natural exposure to electromagnetic radiation. And red light is one of my favorite things as far as tools Mm -hmm. to help There's just no shortage of unique things that they're still finding out and learning that
1: red light can have a positive impact on. And I'm assuming there's like, you've read some good studies too. There's been good studies done that show the benefits. Can you talk about some of those maybe?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the interesting things that is coming up in the research on red light is what is called a biphasic response. So a biphasic response is basically if you want to picture a bell curve, You have both ends of that bell curve. And then at the top is where you get the most therapeutic benefit. But if you have too little or too much exposure, you can actually have no effect or negative effects to the exposing red light. So you can actually overdo
1: red light. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. So, whereas we're understanding more of the therapeutic potential there, what people are starting to look at are two things one, the time relative to the individual. And as far as how much do I need to be exposed to this red light to get the therapeutic properties, but not get into that damaging effect of it? Yeah. And secondly, what is the appropriate wavelength of red? Okay, So if you think of red, people will have different connotations of what red is. Red happens to be my favorite color. I've got my, my red sod gun here. We've got
1: that too. We've got the <laughs> Craig's got that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I, I love red, but there's obviously different shades of red. And so what's interesting is that certain wavelengths, in particular 630 nanometers all the way up to 670, those tend to be the therapeutic ranges where you get the most benefit. Now, there's some discussion about that as far as, well, as the output of that wavelength as important as the output of the device or the duration of the treatment. And these are still questions that people are asking. So we're starting to realize that there's a lot of those individual factors that can play into somebody's response to red light. And of course, what you're trying to use it for will matter too. But in essence, what we're looking at is the, there's actually a lot of uh, research right now being, uh, asking the question of what is the appropriate frequency Mm. and for who, and then my thought process from a metabolic standpoint is, can you even handle
1: it?
0: Because not everybody's going to respond the same way. Just like you would have people respond differently to medications. Red light, therapeutic light is actually the same kind of questions. Some people will not not have a good response. And like you said, if your diet is garbage, if you're missing those key things, you're going to have some major issues.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like this miracle thing that's going to fix all your issues.
0: Right. Yeah. It's not. It's it's definitely it's it's a powerful tool if everything
1: is set up right, mm. but it's got to be done appropriately and it's got to yep. be done.
0: Partially.
1: So, what would you? You mentioned just if we go back a bit that it can be used for different things. What are the different ways, or not ways, but things you would use it for?
0: Well, let me count the ways, Kitty. <laughs> so, as far as things that are very interesting to me is there are papers on autoimmune issues. Things like like, uh, rheumatoid arthritis and how red light can help with that. There are papers looking at uh, red light as far as hair growth, regrowing hair. And this is not just in men. This is in women as well. So if you have any sort of hair loss, you can definitely look at red light as being an avenue to restore some of that. Uh, From the standpoint of thyroid function, red light can actually improve your thyroid output. You can improve your thyroid production. I have seen people get off of thyroid medication from using red light. Mm. Uh, the, uh, one of my favorite stories, my sister, she came over to my house. And for those that don't know, I do a lot of hands on stuff with people, a lot of pain stuff. My sister came over with wrist pain, and I threw every tool I could at her. Every tool I knew through, I was working on it. We're doing movement stuff. We're doing breathing stuff. We're doing all the things. And her pain didn't get any better. So what I did is she just had her sit with her arm on the armrest and shine a red light on her wrist. And five minutes later, I asked her, said, how's your wrist feel? So, oh, feels good. Feels much better than it did when I got here. And I felt, okay, well, I just got uh, outworked by a little light bulb, but my sister was better. So that's all that matters. That's so, crazy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, red light can have huge effects on pain. Uh, there's red light research on concussions, which I think is super fascinating. Because to me, to get it to the brain, you have to have a device that can penetrate the skull. Mm. You have to penetrate through bone. And so shining it on the head can still have benefits for concussion rehab, stroke rehab, Parkinson's. I, I'm, I'm super excited about red
1: light. I could device. tell. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Um, okay. And what about, you know, we talked about like, because I've been using this red light on the face, skin like for your skin. So I know Emma's talked about that a bit, my business partner, because you know, we, we actually were thinking about making one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. oh, light on the skin is fantastic. So in essence, what the overall link between all of these different things you might want to treat, it all comes back to the same thing, which is improving energetic status in any of the tissues that red light touches. Okay. So when it comes to your skin, If you have a device that's powerful enough to penetrate into the skin, then what you can do is actually activate key enzymes involved with energy production in that tissue. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about utilizing sugar well for energy, well, there's steps along the way. And if those steps aren't all working the way they're supposed to, then you may not actually make as much energy from your sugar as you want to. And so when it comes to tissues that you want to keep youthful, you want to have that young, healthy skin having adequate energy metabolism that mimics that 10, 12, 14-year-old metabolism where everything is super easy to heal, where you get no scar when you scrape your knee, where everything is just super soft, wrinkle-free. We want to get as close to that as possible. So having the red light stimulate those enzymes when it touches your skin is a great way to keep your skin acting as if it's way younger
1: so then when it heals, when it repairs, when it regrows, you have youthful health and skin all the time. Yeah, we've like I've seen a noticeable difference yeah. in both of our skin. It's quite amazing. It's so so easy to do. So, um, let's talk about can you and then like, you know, you said how far away should it be from your body? What's the ideal amount of time? How frequently can you do it? Like we just do it. I just do it every night before I go to bed. Is that too frequent? Do you think? No, probably oh. not.
0: Yeah. Uh-oh. Now I say that for you because I know that your diet is dialed in. Mm. Whereas, if somebody's coming into this conversation that hasn't done the groundwork and fixing their fat intake and getting the right kinds of fat or getting good at using sugar again, mm. if I haven't set that up yet, then what can actually happen is the red light can be too stimulating. Yep. You can actually have a decrease in blood sugar. It can lower your blood sugar, opening the door to a stress response. Mm. So, if you're getting enough nutrition, if you're getting enough fuel,
1: then red light on a daily basis is generally not a problem. And how much? Like you talk about like there's this balance between not enough, the right amount, and then too much. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, So I always, I'm very cautious with people. I'm very cautious Mm -hmm. with myself, probably to a fault. But my rule of thumb is I want people to make sure that they don't have a low blood sugar response after doing something. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that opens the door to cortisol, that opens the door to liberating stored fatty acids that we don't want to liberate, and that opens up a can of worms for people that can actually delay their healing process. Mm-hmm. So I'm always cautious with that. So I always say less is more, especially with red light. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know how you're going to respond to it, I always
1: say five minutes or less for your first time. Yep. Okay, so if you're new to it and haven't done it before five minutes, and then let's say foundation's good, nutrition's good, everything's good, then- what's the max amount you would recommend and over that is because you know it's interesting you said there's if you have too much it's actually it can have a negative effect yeah so the two
0: things that i think of with that are the distance makes the dose and the ah. device matters. yep so if the light is really far away it's across the room two things one it's probably not going to penetrate tissue very deep yeah so if you were a kid and you ever shined your flashlight through your hand and you can see the light on the back yeah well, then you can say that that light is penetrating that tissue. Yep. But if I hold my flashlight three feet away, yeah. I'm not going to get penetration. So that's the same kind of rule thumb of we're thinking of with red light is the closer you are, the more penetration into the tissues that you want to hit is going to be. Yep. And then the output of the device matters. So we're, if we're thinking these very therapeutic uh, designs for red lights versus sitting under a neon sign in a bar, you're going to get a very different therapeutic response.
1: Yeah, so let's say it's like, you know, the ones that we've got, because you, you, most people would buy, I think, like, oh, we've got the long ones, the big ones, like from the Red Light Man, and we've got, there's an Australian company, InfraReady, which are quite good. So, like, say you've got those devices at home, what's the ideal range that you would have it away from your body?
0: I would say usually as
1: close as you can get yep. up to the inches would be what I would say you're probably losing enough. Up to what? Uh, sorry, up to... 12 inches. Oh, 12 inches. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking, what's 12 inches? What what do do yeah. Let me, let me, <laughs> the Australians. Um, yeah. Well, I don't blame the Australians. I blame
0: America because we're the oh,
1: one country. Totally. Your annoying system. system, the, imperial. Oh, it's so annoying. Inches, just centimeters. Okay. So, oh, 30 centimeters. So, like a ruler. So, you mm-hmm. would want it anywhere between zero to 30 inches, 30 centimeters or 12 inches. No further away than that. Yeah, once
0: you get further
1: yeah. away, the yeah. power output drops off too fast to get you the pencil that we want. And there's no issue obviously if you have it close. Closer. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, cool. Okay, that's interesting. And then obviously, yeah, okay, the um and then so what's too much? Let's say even if you're healthy and you're good, okay. what how much is too much?
0: So again, it kind of depends on the tissue that you're targeting and the output of the device. So I'm always gonna put that caveat in there. But assuming it's a high output device and nutrition is dialed in, I would say roughly 20 minutes where I would start to get concerned with people. That's right. Probably too much. Yeah. And the other consideration, too, is the after effects. So initially, you might feel fine, Mm. but you stimulate metabolism. And then you go about your day, and now you've increased your current operating expenditure, your, your burn rate of calories, your burn rate of glucose. And yeah. well, then what's going to happen is your daily tasks might actually not have enough energy that they otherwise would if you didn't stimulate metabolism.
1: Yeah, that's so, yeah, yeah. So you really need to make sure you're well fueled, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Do you think then having taking it, having it before bed is not a good idea if it's going to like? I'm just thinking it makes me feel quite relaxed, yeah, but okay. is it potentially not a good idea because it's upregulating things before you're sleeping? Well, I think the operative word there is potential. Yeah. Okay. yeah. If I go to bed with a shining before I do,
0: I'm like you. I get a very relaxed response. Yeah. What's happening in that situation, if we think in terms of adrenaline, cortisol, and just the overall bioenergetic definition of stress, which is that your resource demands are outpacing your resource needs, and then you have these stress hormones trying to kick in. Well, if I stimulate energy production in the cell, I'm now able to better meet my resource needs which can lower cortisol, lower adrenaline. And since both of those are stimulating in and of themselves, if I reduce those stress hormones, those glucocorticoids, mm. I open the door to feeling more relaxed. I open the door to being able to have that better energy availability. So in that situation, it can be very relaxing. But if I have poor glycogen storage in the liver, I can open the door to, yes, I feel relaxed, but I burn through fuel faster, and then 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning rolls around, and I'm white. Mm. So I was feeling it before bed and was losing sleep or mm-hmm. sleep later on that's when i'm starting to say maybe we need
1: to move that further up in the day so do it at like midday or something the morning yeah. yeah okay that's really interesting um and now, of course, yeah yes yeah, so you have to test it try different things i've never tested it during the day i might try it just during the day and see what happens just see if there's any if any difference that's interesting um and uh, so, okay, so then you, so I guess as a general rule of thumb, you'd say anywhere between five to 15 minutes a day is probably ideal, depending on the person exactly. daily is perfect, is a good amount. Yeah. So maybe you start with five and then you could build up to 15.
0: Yeah. If you yeah. even need to, you might feel awesome at five. You might mm-hmm. see your weight goals and temp going up really well after five, in which is mm-hmm. I say, you
1: hit the target. You're good. Yeah, cool. Yeah. It's so interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And what about um, in regards to like helping healing injuries and things? Like we, you sort of touched on that, like I've talked about with the, I really noticed it helped me heal quicker. Yeah. And the scarring yeah, so it's improving that. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. it'll help with scarring. I've had
0: a really good success with an ankle sprain that I had. Mm. So I've sprained my ankle numerous times in my life. And the last time I sprained it, I was more equipped with tools and I was able to use red light on it right away from day one. And not only did it reduce the swelling faster than I was used to, it also seemed to have have the effect of helping me heal fast. So Mm -hmm. I was able to breathe faster, putting more pressure on it sooner, and actually able to overall feel better. Mm -hmm. So from a standpoint of healing, the same concepts apply. We are getting a deep enough penetration into injured tissue or tissue that's been damaged or tissue that's trying to differentiate appropriately and then we're actually allowing these energetic processes to get a little boost, to get a little bit of acceleration so that all the impediments to healing are no longer there. Mm -hmm. We're just basically stacking the deck in your cells' favor, in your metabolism's favor, for helping everything work as well as
1: it possibly can. And Brian, what about, let's talk about the absolute budget cheapest option, up to like what are the ranges of things. I know you can make your own. And then obviously there's lots of different brands that you can buy. So, can you talk through, you know, how you'd make your own, and then what to look for if you're going to buy one?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, if you are going to do this on the cheap, which I'm a big fan of, and that's I, honestly I still use my DIY setup all <laughs> And so, what we'd be looking at is actually a chicken rooting bowl is what they're sold for. They're sold yeah. for the you put in a chicken coop to keep the chickens warm during the night. Yeah. But. The interesting thing about those bulbs is they are what's considered an infrared bulb, and they are very high output. They're about 250
1: watts. That's seven a $10 bulb. That's, isn't that crazy? It's, it's, and would you say that's as effective as the, like, say, the red light man, the one that I've got that's obviously way more expensive, would you say it's as effective?
0: I would say it's differently effective. Okay. And so the way I would say it's differently effective is, because it puts out so much heat, because it is infrared, infrared is heat, Yep. your proximity to the bolt, how close you can get to it, it's uh-huh. going to be a thing. So you actually can't get super close to it. Yeah. But what's unique about it is not only is it high in the red end of the light spectrum, you're also getting some yellow, some orange, some near infrared, and some infrared, which are all therapeutic in their own right. Yep. So you can actually lead those on and sit underneath them all day long. Ah, uh-huh. And so compared to the red light, which is super powerful, super high uh, output in a very short dose, yep. you can think of the infrared bulb, which is going to be a little bit further away so it doesn't burn you, yep. except you can actually tolerate longer exposure too. It's the difference between micro dosing a medication or some sort of therapeutic
1: drug yep. or going for the really high dose in a short duration. So I can imagine like they'd be quite nice, say if you lived in the country, because in Australia it's hot. You know, like it's not nice to sit under this red light all day. But if you lived in a cold, like where where are you again? You're in um. In Texas,
0: so we're pretty
1: hot. Here. Yeah, pretty hot too. Like say in the UK or something where it's really cold winters, you could just have it sitting on in your office. On it would be beautiful, yeah, yeah. and, and quite. I do, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then but obviously like for in us like, like so much better just doing ten to fifteen minutes. And you're right, you can get it. It's still you can still feel the heat, but I can have it probably. I sit. I sort of pull one ending closer to under the scars. So it might be only 15 to 20 centimeters away for me. And it's good. For, even when in hot, you can still tolerate it for like that 10 to 15 minutes. It's not like, oh my God, it's so hot. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. It's, that's cool. Okay. Talk about what you'd look for if you, like, what are your favorite brands of, bo- if you're going to buy one? I was going to buy one of the DIY options. Well, honestly, I just go to the hardware store. And really? You- they just sold at the hardware store. Yeah. That's cool. So you just ask them for that. Yeah. Yeah. And what would you get a few of them or just one?
0: I have get to have one burnout
1: on me and I've had it for years. Yeah. How incredible. So I would imagine that they
0: will eventually, but I have not had that problem. Now, granted, I've got three of them. So I'm swapping between the two depending or the three, depending on the room that I'm in. Mm. But if you were to leave them on for a long duration or constantly use the one, I would imagine you'd have to get a new bulb at some point. Mm. But just get that bulb and there is a metal ballast you're going to want to get for it to kind of help reflect the heat away from anything behind it Mm -hmm.
1: that whole setup you're out the door in about 20 dollars amazing yeah amazing okay cool and then what do you look for like it you know because i've just mentioned and i can put the links for those down below emma loves the red light man um and infrared is an australian one they're quite good too they ship worldwide for free which is great because they're heavy Mm two as well. You know, like the big ones are heavy, so the shipping on them is stupid. So I'll drop them. What are your brands? What what do you look for when you're I i really love Red Light Man. I'm not familiar yeah. with that
0: Australian brand, but
1: I'm, yeah.
0: I'm interest is so Yeah. I'm them
1: Check them out, infrared, yeah. Yeah.
0: So as far as Red Light Man's concerned, uh I got one of his devices years ago. He actually doesn't make it anymore. But what I really liked about his devices is he actually has this lens on the end of the bulb. Yeah. Okay. So he concentrates the angle. Of We've the got light. that
1: one too. The little yeah. small the box with the yeah yeah, yeah. Box and it's yeah. got a
0: little uh, almost looks like a magnifying
1: glass. Yeah, it's like a glass, like it like a. Craig's got the really old one. Like it's like a square. Like I've got this. It's like a. It is a square box too, but his is like it's not as thick. And it sort of looks like those chicken wire ones, sort of, a bit. Like it's like a really old one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that right there, it actually concentrates the angle of the light too. Yeah. This is another consideration is that the angle that it hits and the concentration of that light, you can isolate that onto a very specific part of the tissue.
1: Yeah.
0: As opposed to a more diffused area, which may not get the same level of penetration.
1: So if you've got, like you said, like your wrist is sore or there's some part of your body or you can put on your thyroid, hey, and you can just have it there for 10 to 15 minutes. Exactly. That's
0: usually what I do. I'll put it there. Yeah. Yeah. Or as a
1: man, I'll put it on my scrotum and that actually helps. That'd feel nice and warm. Oh yeah,
0: it's very nice and warm. So,
1: yeah. I'd like to see that. That'd look quite funny. You lying there naked with the bloody red light on your balls. Yeah, Everyone's out there talking about bleaching
0: everything in the sun. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. I want to do the red light. I want to get that going.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love but... it. I love it. Oh, cool. Um, and then I guess just what your budget can afford, right? Like yeah. what your budget can afford. Yeah. He, the
0: last time I looked at his website, which was a couple of weeks ago, so I don't imagine it's much different. He had two tiers of products. He had some that look almost like a normal light bulb, only a little bit more of like a flat surface. And then they would fit in a normal any normal light bulb socket. Hmm. We had more high output devices, and so the light bulb socket ones, obviously, there's less power to the device, or to say less power output of the device. So it's not going to penetrate as deeply as some of the higher output devices that I'm assuming the infrared or the uh, other ones that he carries at Red Light Man are, hmm. but. It's an easy entry-level way, or mid-range way, I should say, to get into the red light therapy realm. And those are usually anywhere from $100 to $150, depending on the site.
1: Yeah, it's a great start. I think that's what we started with, too, just the small boxes. And then we got a couple of the big ones, which are cool. And we've actually got a red light, infrared light sauna coming. Oh, nice. Yeah, because we were like, we've got this second floor. We call it the recovery room. We're thinking about, like, yeah, we've got everything set up. It's taking months and months, so We're excited about Doing having that so sitting in there would be nice and I just love the warmth. The warmth makes me feel so nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's but. one of those things
0: too. And this is probably something worth mentioning to people because it is at least here turning into that time of year where sunburns are a common thing.
1: Oh yeah, so exposure to red yeah. light protect you against skin damage from UV radiation. Yeah, because Craig and I get a lot of sun. Like we live, like we walk to the beach. And every day we're down there walking the dog. So we get quite a lot of sun. So I think, yeah, it's quite good because with those big panels that we've got. If you lie on your side, obviously you're getting it back in front, um, which would help because obviously we're getting that sun every day. Yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. So, yeah, right. if you
0: have a big bed, obviously that's, you're talking top of the line there. Yeah. And then some full body panels that are usually two to three feet long. Yeah. Those are really awesome too. Same idea. You can get more body coverage. So yeah. you don't have to put it on your neck and then put it in your uh, scarf. Put it on your screw. Just does it. Your, yeah. <laughs> so I just want to
1: throw that
0: in. <laughs> and I just really like the
1: red the face mask because I'm like obviously because you don't want to have it right in your eyes. Hey, like if you want to have it in your face, you get you get the little like you know those little eye mask things to so you cover your eyes? But it's annoying. Like the red the panels, they're not long enough to like your whole body. It really just goes from the neck down to my ankles. But the face mask is good. It's like this it molds to your face and has the eyes cut out and the mouth cut out. And it's just, you could even just put it on and sits over your face and you could just walk around and do housework. Like it's so easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Is there anything else that I've missed? Have I, is there anything else you want to add that you think I've not asked you?
0: Yeah, actually uh, I want to talk about blue light. Mm -hmm. Oh, perfect. Yeah. When we're talking about the light spectrum, we talk about red, talk about orange, yellow, yellow, green, and then eventually get down to blue light. Now, what's interesting, a lot of people right now are looking at blue light from a screen's standpoint of is my phone screen or my computer screen or my TV screen affecting me. But one of the things that we are starting to realize is that blue light from things like CFL bulbs or fluorescent bulbs or even LEDs can actually have the opposite effect on metabolism mm-hmm. than red light. So when we think of red light as being metabolically stimulating, if your skin or your tissue is exposed to blue light in a very concentrated or high percentage of the wavelengths of light that you're getting exposed to, if that happens on an ongoing basis, Mm -hmm. there's actually research showing that it reduces the lifespan of animals exposed to 10 to 12 hours of blue light a day. How interesting. Yeah, it can shorten your lifespan. And the reason being is that it actually increases nitric oxide.
1: Mm -hmm. All of the benefits that we're looking to increase with red light are countered by blue light. Because if you think, I think like we sit in out of like at my desk, like I'm starting at 7 30 and then I finish at five. I mean, we go out, obviously, walk in the sun for an hour and then do the, do the red light. But the rest of the time, sitting inside, you know, I mean, my office is nice and light, but it's not directly light shining on me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So in this particular situation,
0: this, this study was looking at rodents. And so mm-hmm. they're in. They were forced into a situation where their blue light exposure was probably higher than you or I would get yep. in that situation. But I can't help but think of people that are stuck in cubicles That's
1: that are stuck. Right. In- yeah, yeah. So it's just trying to go like, don't scare everyone. Going, oh look, so you're sitting just like we always talk about, like having a bit of a balance. Like get outside, go for a walk in the sun. You know, maybe do some red light. So it's not just like you're sitting in this dark room for eight hours a day.
0: Exactly. It doesn't mean that if you're in a cubicle
1: job, you can. Know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> what it means is that you should be aware
1: that that might be one of the things holding you back from being optimal yeah and getting so, sunshine i think we talked about sunshine right now sleep p- podcast like you could even try and get out for a walk for 10 minutes and expose your skin you know yeah it's not
0: to scare you that might yeah. be all of all of your problems but it is one of those things that if you do the red light if you have the infrared bulb exposure if you have some of these other things like going outside or you're doing a lot of the other things nutritionally to help yeah. support the system yeah. then life becomes less and less of a problem
1: that's right yeah yeah and I think too like just even a lot of clients at like Craig will tell me oh they got their blood test and they are such low vitamin D you know I think people just need to get some natural sunlight get out and get some sun yeah.
0: one of my favorite uh, descriptions of vitamin D was that it's not so much a measure of a vitamin or even a hormone it's a measure of light exposure mm. Measure of how much time you're spending outside. When you see low vitamin D, we might try
1: and fix it with supplementation, and have some great success with that. Your podcast with uh Ray on that it was great. And obviously, like if you're someone who say lives in, I don't know, fucking like the UK, you know, it's rainy and shit the whole time, and you just it's impossible for them to get sun. Then maybe potentially supplementing with vitamin D, like it, yeah, it can help you. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I had a client who worked in, or lived in Canada. Mm. And we
0: were addressing a certain issue that she was dealing with. And I asked her if she could get her vitamin D level tested. And she said she went to the doctor to do it. And the doctor laughed at because he said, oh, I just assume everybody here is deficient. Oh, really? Because they're a fight fight. They don't get any sun. Time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just assume you're automatically deficient. Just immediately, <laughs> don't even worry about testing it. You're probably deficient because <laughs> you live here.
1: Wow. And it
0: was just one of those moments that it was a light bulb moment for me to say, Okay, well, then you probably need to consider that as to why you might have an issue with all of these other things
1: that we are trying to fix. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's so interesting that whole vitamin D debate and like, you know, Kate and I and Craig talk about it a lot. And there is a lot of our clients, like you say, that are in Canada and they just can't get sun. And when they do, do everything else right with their diet and they supplement with the vitamin D, things improve. You know, it's not about just blindly supplementing. Everyone needs to take vitamin D, obviously. And yeah. then you, it would be better if you could try and get more sunlight. Yeah, um, yeah, one of my favorite tools is an app
0: called D-Minder.
1: I think Craig's got that. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's so cool. Yeah, it's very
0: yeah. cool because if you're not familiar with the app, it will actually, based on your location, tell you the appropriate times of day to get UV exposure. Yeah. To raise vitamin D yeah. And so if you're looking at doing this from a natural standpoint because wherever you fall on that side of the fence, you're unsure about taking a vitamin D supplement or you don't think it's quite the right choice for you know, yeah. That's one thing you can use to figure out where you fall in that vitamin D. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, this time of day, during this time of year is when I want to go
0: out and get
1: vitamin D. And what about, just to finish off quick this is another thing I thought of. Like, you can actually purchase vitamin D lamps, hey? Like proper actual lights that you can use that are like sunlight that will stimulate the production of vitamin D, hey? Absolutely. Yep. I have one from a company called Spurdy. Yep. Oh, yep. I know them, yep. Yeah, and it's uh, not the
0: cheapest device, but it's about two, th- two feet long bulbs. Uh, I think there's four of in the device. And they just expose you to UVB, which uh, in the UV spectrum, you have UVA, UVB, and UVC. So again, these are different parts of that light spectrum that we're talking about. UVA is the one that generally burns the skin, causes the tanning. So the tanning bends are high in the UVA. Yep. UVB is where you make the vitamin D where that actually interacts with cholesterol in your skin to synthesize vitamin D. And then UVC is what's considered the cancerous form mm-hmm. of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we have a conversation about stored yeah. in your skin and why that's a bigger yeah. contributor to your cancer risk from sun exposure. And then if you had a great skincare line, that might protect you from the other. Is that would right? Yeah. And uh, I'll take my check in the mail. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. I'm say Thanks that, for that yeah. plug there. but it's one of those factors that i think people miss when they hear the skin aging uh, from sunlight that's what i love about your product and you didn't know that we were going to talk about this but i just wanted to mention it the when you know more about how polyunsaturated fats interact with skin and how light interacts with polyunsaturated fats uv in particular the importance of things like saturated fats in the skin Mm. it can't be understated how powerful that
1: is for keeping you youthful and keeping you healthy.
0: Mm. Kudos to you on your line. It's
1: fantastic. Oh, good Emma was the formulator on that one. You can, good work, Emma. you <laughs> listening. Work, Emma. <laughs> yeah.
0: And my wife oh. is very happy with your products.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, so good. We've got some, we sun- to tell you what sunscreen coming out? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. tested it on the weekend. It's not super high um, SPF just because yeah. I think it's will take longer to try and Like, this is my understanding of it. Like, they had to put more shit in it to get it higher. Like, I don't know. Something's about holding it. I don't really understand why. But so it'll be a lower UV. But we tested it on the weekend, Craig and I. We went out in the Queensland. Like, it's pretty hot, the Queensland sun. Didn't wear a hat. You know, didn't get burnt. So, yeah, it'll be cool when that eventually comes out. Because it's got, you know, they're so shit. All the sunscreens got so much shit in them.
0: Yeah, and it's one of my favorite
1: aha yeah. moments of switching to the pro metabolic way of eating mm. was
0: stop getting as many sunburns.
1: yeah you totally same as us and you just build up like we're very tan now obviously because we just get regular exposure um and yeah we just burn less like we don't really burn now obviously we stayed out we don't go out in the middle of the day and sit in the fucking sun though right, right.
0: But yeah like but i mean i was just out this last weekend yeah. and two days in a row i was doing stuff outside yard work and such yeah. but I didn't wear any sunscreen, didn't, wear, I didn't wear a hat, but uh, didn't get burnt. Didn't, yeah. And I would have been right at this point, this is uh, Tuesday, yep. I would have been scratching off all this dead flaky skin because I've been peeling from the sun. was
1: i out the fats, getting enough energy, getting enough nutrition. So yep. the difference? So cool. So good. Well, awesome. All right. Was well, there anything else you want to add that we haven't touched on? No. Okay.
0: Good. Okay. Go.
1: <laughs> okay. Great. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I just love that. That was really, really, um, really interesting. And just yeah, I hope I'll, I'll and I'll drop all I'll drop the links to the red light man, infraredy, the vitamin D lamp down there for people. Was there anything else we talked about? I don't think so. Um, we
0: talked about the DIY bulbs.
1: Oh yeah. So I'll put the I'll put the like the not the links but what you need to go look for. Yeah, uh, and then. Ready. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just go to the hardware store. And I'll put Brian's obviously all his links, follow him on Instagram. He's awesome. Check out his courses and his membership and stuff. And then yeah, we'll um I'm sure we'll have you on again soon. Sounds great. Thank you for having me.